Have you ever considered having another child? One More Child is my story of personal growth and a journey of faith. In this book, I share snippets of my life and the reasons for the choices I made early on in my marriage. That was to limit our family size. However, the Lord had other plans and eventually we made a decision to have more children and this changed my life forever. I invite you to read One More Child, which is available in print and on Kindle on Amazon. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. You've come to the right place. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I'm your host. On the One More Child podcast, we'll talk about our daily struggles, faith, family, children, relationships, and whatever the Lord brings our way. One thing you can be sure of, I will share helpful solutions and encourage you along your journey in life. And best of all, I know without a shadow of a doubt that the truth will set you free. This is your personal invitation to join me weekly on the One More Child podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and this is an episode of One More Child podcast. This is episode six, and today we are going to tackle the subject on handling devastating news. I'd like to get to know you better. You get to know me. It's a one-sided relationship, especially um, with podcasting. This is not an in-person session so that I can look at you and, and see how you're reacting to the information I'm giving you. So that's why we've set up some platforms on social media so we can have further discussions. If you're on Facebook, we have a Facebook group specifically for podcasts, um, for those listening to this podcast. And I'll have those links on the show note page. So go to episode six, um, handling devastating news on one more child podcast.com. And you'll find the information there or on the show notes page. Well, in life, at some point, we must deal with um, handling devastating news. There's no way around it, right? If you've lived long enough, there's going to be something that happens in your life that you're going to be upset about. And I'll share a moment from my life as well as the lessons I learned. And I hope today that if you are facing something that is very difficult, that today's devastating news will be tomorrow's praise report. Because it tends to happen that we're so focused on what is happening in our life that we can't get past it. In my life, I had um, a boy and a girl. I was in my mid-20s and Very well-meaning people kept telling me that I shouldn't have any more children. Everyone has an opinion, and as you know, uh, people are very willing to share it with you, whether or not they are family members or outside of the family. I remember being at the grocery store one time and some random lady saying to me, oh, you have a boy and a girl. Well, then you're all done right. 
And, you know, I, I wanted to say something rude back, but I just smiled and didn't answer. But all of these things that people say, whether or not we agree with them, they're like little seeds or, um, you know, kind of taking a chisel with a block of ice and just chipping away and chipping away. And on top of this, my son was not progressing as well as he should developmentally. I may have shared that I have a background in education with an emphasis in early childhood education as well as special um, education. And I really worked hard at playing with my kids, playing educational games, doing all kinds of things to help them uh, to grow and to develop. And so I noticed that he was missing some of the traditional milestones. Like, for example, Neil didn't smile until he was about seven or um, eight months. And I kept saying, you know, gosh, he's such a serious baby. And my mother-in-law, you know, agreed and said, yeah, babies normally smile much younger. And I remember one time I was trying to put a basket up on the wall And we had um, fairly high ceilings, and I had my husband hang nails up because while we had a big kitchen, I wanted to decorate with these wicker baskets. And for those of you who know me, I have a thing for baskets. I just love them, and I I put everything in baskets, whether it's uh, papers or, um, you know, just random things. I have baskets for everything. So... Early on in my marriage, you know, nothing nothing new for those of you who know me. And um, I had some, you know, had Jeff put nails up on the wall and I had different size and shape baskets up there. So I would use them for bread or, you know, to serve, you know, chips and things like that. So um, it was pretty high up. So I needed a step stool, which was in the other room and I didn't feel like getting it. So baby Neil's, you know, on the floor and, you know, he's sitting there. Um, he really wasn't crawling yet. And he was about seven or eight months. And I threw the basket up trying to get it up on the nail and it, you know, proceeded to bounce off the wall and hit me in the head. And he just started laughing like it was the funniest thing in the world. And I just kind of looked at him and, you know, he's got this big smile on his face. And, and so I did it again and again and again. And he just sat there and laughed and laughed and laughed. And I couldn't wait till my husband came home to show him, look, you know, Neil's interacting and he's laughing. And so, you know, for me, I knew something was up, but every time I talked to the pediatrician about it, he kind of said, well, you know, you're just looking for things and... Um, And this, again, is way before the internet. We couldn't just jump online and ask Dr. Google, as it's, you know, as it's known, uh, to research the question. There just wasn't, um, you know, anything other than the libraries, and there really wasn't any information that I could find, plus my educational background. Well, when my daughter was born, um, my once compliant child, which was Neil, didn't want to go to bed, and... Um, if it wasn't for my husband, I you know I don't know what I would have done because he very patiently put Neil back to bed and then finally just lay down with him because he thought, well, this baby's up and she's crying and why do I have to go to bed? And so some of the things that he didn't complain about and did fairly compliantly were you know we were noticing you know he wasn't he didn't seem to understand and when 
Christina was about two, I remember her, even younger, one, I guess. Yeah, she was sitting there in her little high chair and, you know, she would say these perfectly formed words and Neil was, was super speech delayed. He would say things, but they were mostly sounds and he would just go into this whole long sentence of what he was saying and we didn't understand what he was saying. And then when when um, Christina was a little bit older, she used to translate for him, for us because, you know, she would just say, you know, this is what he's saying. So just some of these things, you know, were happening. And finally, my pediatrician was really tired of hearing me say, something is wrong. I don't know why he's so developmentally delayed and we need to have some tests run. So he had some blood work done and... Um, we were told the devastating news that my son had mosaicism. Now, this is not life-threatening, praise God, but it's still life-altering. I didn't have any advice um, that I'm going to share with you right now, but what happened in our life was I had an answer, but I still didn't have a solution. And so I pretty much um, was frozen in my grief I don't really know how else to explain it. You know, I I did cry, and when we went to see my parents, um, who they were watching Christina for us when we had uh, gotten the news, you know, I remember my dad saying to me, what's wrong? He took one look at my face, and I remember just crumpling in his arms and just sobbing. And, you know, and, and Jeff walked in, and he had Neil in his arms, and he said, it's not any big deal. You know, he's just our special child. And he took the news a lot better. Yes, he was devastated, but he took it in a way that was, um, you know, how he was able to cope. And we're different people, right? We cope differently. And you hear about tragedies that happen in families, and the the subsequent tragedy is the marriage breaks apart. And I'm just so thankful that while we were both very young. Um, that we had the maturity to know that neither one of us was at fault. Interestingly, uh, the geneticist who did the test asked us if we wanted to have our blood drawn to see which side of the family it possibly could have come from. And very wisely, I believe, we decided not to uh, go into further tests because, you know, as my husband said, it doesn't matter whose, you know, genetic makeup was more, you know, prevalent for this. And I don't even know whether or not, I don't know. I don't like, I just remembered that actually, but, um, but we never decided to go ahead and do that. And, um, you know, it, 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 to us, it wasn't important. So I'm going to go through some tips for handling devastating news, and I'll also tell you the places where I failed dismally. So the first is to take a deep breath and to, you know, try not to panic. Um, for me, I, I think I had, you know, basically an anxiety attack, which I don't, you know, I didn't have a meltdown, no yelling, whatever, but I took it very stoically. But for me, I just internalized everything. And when I'm really upset, that's what I tend to do. So whatever, you know, is your, um, you know, how you typically handle things um, seems to come out. And it did for me. The second is to know that God is in this present moment 
not in the past and not in the future. God is here now to handle now and today. And I'm going to put a link to a podcast I did um, on another podcast that was really has been an answer to prayer for me. Because we tend to think about, well, the past and what if, and what if I had eaten healthier, and you know, what if I had, I don't know, done X, Y, and Z. And we can't change the past. And the enemy uses that to really take away our peace. And the future was my biggest nightmare. What was I going to do with this child? How was I going to teach him? You know, never mind that God prepared me perfectly because I had a degree in special ed, right? But I didn't know, you know, what I was going to do. And I remember laying in bed at night and just thinking, you know, oh, if I can just get him to 18 and get him out of school so he won't be, you know, in some of the special ed classes and struggling instead of just dealing with today. The third is take the time to process the information and ask questions. We just took the information and left. And for us, this doctor was in a, about two and a half hours away from where we lived. And so it wasn't, you know, yes, I could have picked up the phone and called, but it wasn't anything that we did. And our pediatrician didn't have the answers. This doctor, I did ask him, you know, well, will he drive? You know, will he be able to live on his own? Those were the questions I asked. And, um, and I, I don't think I shared with you, mosaicism is a form of Down syndrome. It's in a specific percentage of the child's cells where there's that extra chromosome, not in all the cells. And they and these cells do not replicate. So by the time Neil was four and we had the blood work done, we didn't have as accurate, quote unquote, um, a reading as we would have if this had been diagnosed at birth, which... Again, there were some signs there, which the doctor pointed out, and I have no idea um, if they can catch it earlier. All that really does is give you a diagnosis. Um, Again, in Neil's case, he didn't have any of of the um, heart issues that sometimes come along with Downs. Um, He is very um, happy, which is one of those gifts, I think, that God gives, um, you know, gives some people and Neil definitely has that gift. He also doesn't know a stranger. He is very, um, very outgoing. He currently has a job and his new boss told him, oh yes, I remember you on a job site. He used to work with my husband and, um, and it's for the entire family's, um, it's, it's for the best that he doesn't work with my husband in, in our construction company, even though it's a perfect fit for Neil, uh, just because he does so much better with someone else. But anyway, this gentleman recognized Neil um, on this job site because Neil had talked to him. They had talked about something. So that's not surprising to us at all. Um, he's our social butterfly. But Anyway, he became very strong-willed and disobedient, which is very typical to a lot of children. And only years later would I really question, you know, how much does he understand? And so um, once we had this information, you know, it it was now time to grasp um, how we were going to handle it. The fourth point I wanted to make is that anxiety may come and tears may come 
but allow yourself to grieve. I had to grieve for everything that in my mind I had planned for my son. And truthfully, I don't know why we do that. Why do we burden ourselves as parents with all of these great aspirations for our children? Because all we have to do is think back on all the things our parents wanted us to do. And maybe we did follow in their footsteps and the plan they had for our lives. And maybe we didn't, but we need to allow our children to be their own person and to find their own way. And that is something that I didn't do at the time, and I'm sharing that with you now. And then the fifth is turn to prayer. The name of Jesus is powerful. Some days, all I could say was the name Jesus. I couldn't pray anything else. I didn't have the words. I just had to get through that day. And I remember saying the name over and over again, and I feel that that was so powerful in my life and was such a blessing and helped me. And the sixth thing is to surround yourself with loved ones. And again, all of these um, points are in the show notes on episode six on One More Child podcast. Things not to do. Uh, Number one, don't make rash decisions. And I wish I could say I, I didn't do this, but I did. The second is get good counsel, but double check your options. Again, major fail there. The third is um, don't make a decision if it's life-changing, another major fail. And the fourth is do not turn to drugs or alcohol. And there I can say I was successful. So these are things that are important and are um, so helpful, Um, again, Don't make rash decisions, get good counsel, but double check your options. Don't make any major decisions that are life-changing at all. And, you know, don't go to substance abuse. Um, You know, it, it will get better, I promise you. I didn't have this information, and I wish I had. Um, I went to my regular women's health appointment and I shared with my OBGYN the devastating news about Neil and he immediately recommended that my husband get a vasectomy. And I, you know, was surprised that he didn't mention birth control and I said something to him about it and he said, no, you've already said that you don't want to be on that drug and this would be, you know, so much better and safer. So that's when we went and got counsel, and we spoke to a visiting pastor who was doing a retreat at our church um, because we didn't want to talk to our pastor who had been my husband's pastor when he was young and really good friends of the family. So even though he would have been the perfect person to talk to because he knew our family and and you know he would have kept it confidential, for some reason we thought this visiting priest would be a better option. And he advised us to go ahead with the procedure. Um, And that was where, you know, we felt that that counsel was not good, but it was what we wanted to hear. Because at that point, I was still reeling under the fact that, you know, Neil was going to need a lot of my attention. Um, I was exploring the idea of homeschooling while I had him in a preschool and subsequently had him in a... um, a kindergarten class uh, where I went and volunteered the majority of the time and my daughter, while my daughter was at the preschool. And it really turned our life upside down, and I didn't think I would be able to handle more children. Well, the fact that I'm Catholic and that is against the church's teachings did come to mind, but I felt like 
um, what I call a cafeteria Catholic, picking and choosing the teachings that I wanted to just to accept. And as I shared on the marriage podcast that I did previously, um, you know, all churches, all Christian churches, agreed uh, that birth control and um, restricting family size. You know, while you can use natural family planning if you have a reason, you know, the health of the parent, or there's there's a lot, you know, that you can research there. However, for us, it wasn't even an option and didn't even come into play, and it wasn't even think. I don't think we really sat and prayed about it. And the praise report I have, and obviously the reason I am podcasting on this topic, is that years later we had the vasectomy reversed, which is the topic of my book, One More Child, um, as well as the struggle I went through as a Christian and the growth in my faith. And I have to say, if it wasn't for my son, Neil, I wouldn't be where I am today in my walk with the Lord. I think sometimes in our struggles, friends, we get closer to God. We rely on Him. We can turn our back on Him, but then there is no grace, there is no blessing, there is no help to get us through, and we become angry and bitter people. I learned that ultimately, I was responsible for my decision. We get bad advice. We get bad advice all the time. And I couldn't blame my husband. I had to blame myself. And he also blamed himself for the decisions that we made. But the praise report is I had three more children that wouldn't be here if I had allowed this devastating news to shatter my world and rule my life. How many of you have allowed the things that happen in your life to define you? People talk about things in medical terms like, um, you know, I have cancer or I have this or I, you know, I have that. And it's not what you have that is who you are. It's a symptom We have one life to live, and let me just say, I'm not trying to disparage anybody who is going through an illness. You know, I've gone through some things myself. You know, I've watched pretty much everybody in my extended family is gone. Um, All of my aunts and uncles and grandparents and my parents. Um, And so I'm left now, you know, with cousins And even some of those are gone. So we live our lives, the longer we live our lives, you know, the the more um, probability that we're going to lose someone close to us, right? And so, you know, we go through things, you know, as humans, we, we have illnesses, but we have one life to live. And I plan to live mine to the fullest, to spend each day praising God and to share with you as much as you allow me to by listening to this broadcast, what God has done in my life. My son has lived a great life. Um, He's happy, adjusted. He owns several vehicles um, and currently drives an SUV and has a job he likes. He has a healthy bank account, and while he still lives at home, it's his choice for now. He lived in his own place for a time, and and, you know, he decided to move back home. But what's amazing to me is these were the questions out of everything I could have asked the doctor. I wanted to know if Neil could drive and live on his lo- uh, on his own. And I know that now that he can, but I worried about it then. Why would I be worrying about that when my child was four years old? You know, friends, our minds are something else, right? I'm not a super parent, 
but I am a parent who takes one day at a time. And I've learned this the hard way. They call it, they call life the school of hard knocks, right? Well, please share with me ways that you've been able to overcome your devastating news and perhaps tips that will help all of us. You can do that by going to the One More Child Podcast.com. Look for episode six, handling devastating news, and share it with all of us. And friends, if you could like this podcast on iTunes or any of the apps where you listen to this broadcast and also share it with a friend that you think might benefit um, from hearing this type of news. Take care. God bless. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. You are on your way to a life that is focused on joy and hope. Thanks so much for stopping by. Connect with me on social media. Visit the website at onemorechild.com and visit the podcast page for your show notes at onemorechildpodcast.com. If you have any questions, be sure to write me at felice at mediaangels.com.